You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast with host Adam Evans, within and without. Welcome. Dark, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Happy to be back in Toronto for the summer. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I didn't yeah. know you were back in Toronto uh, right now. When did, you, when did you get back? Yeah, I actually I flew back last night. So uh, I'm at a buddy's apartment overlooking Stanley Park at the moment. Okay. So where about yeah. you? Sorry? Where about you staying, sorry? Uh, so I'm, I'm staying on Ossington, like Ossington Dundas area. And okay. uh, I'm just hanging out at a buddy's house right now. Uh, with my dog, so yeah. Sweet. So, did you miss all that crazy, hectic Toronto Raptors yeah. on Monday? You know, I did, and I got such FOMO over it because I was in Toronto last week for three days. I flew back from Costa Rica just to bring my dog home, and then I had to fly back um, for a wellness conference that I attended. And I watched the game, and when they won, I was like, ah. I've never wanted to be back in Toronto more than I do right now. And then I saw the parade and all the photos and all the videos, and I've never seen anything like that. Two million people in one – wow, wow, yeah. I heard yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, and uh, I had that similar feeling, the, the fear of missing out, like that, that longing <laughs> for the Toronto. But then at the same time, I was like, no, no, I was there for like 10 years. I think if I was still in that city – like I'm just on the outside now. I'm in Ajax, so I'm like – okay minutes uh just east. yeah but um i remember when i was actually in the core i used to live in the tip top taylor's building for like oh yeah yeah know, like seven eight years and i would have been inside streaming it i wouldn't have been out in the crowds so yeah the fomo went away really quickly because i'm like you know what that's why i left all that chaos because yeah it is just that it's absolutely chaotic so yeah yeah, yeah like i'm sure it would have been fun for half an hour but then it would be like Get me away from these people, especially coming from the jungle where I've been living. <laughs> like all these people would probably would have freaked oh, me yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. And yours is yours is like a complete three sixty. Like yours is yeah, going from being in nature, yeah. like totally immersed, to then going into yeah. this two million person crowd is just freaking ridiculous. That's yeah. I know. Do you mind just introducing yourself, kick things off, and what it is you're spending? Yeah. Life? For sure. So uh, my name is Zark Bata. I'm a born and raised. Torontonian. Uh, I'm 44 years old, serial entrepreneur. In the last 15 years, I've opened over a dozen businesses, which include award-winning restaurants, nightclubs, bars, health supplements, a spa, a hair salon, music festivals. Um, I've had a pretty successful career in the entertainment and hospitality industry. And I woke up at 40 <laughs> years ago and just realized, okay, Something's not working here, even though I've been very successful uh, in, in many ways, uh, having all the things that a single man would, uh, I just realized there are things in my life that were missing. And what was in the way of me having what I really wanted was this identity that I had created. So this guy that I'd become uh, to be successful, admired, and popular um, was the same guy that was in the way of me having all the things I really wanted for my life. So uh, I've been on this transformational journey for the last almost five years and it has been a roller coaster of a ride with lots of ups and downs and twists and turns and it's been amazing uh, I've done a complete 180 in my life I live in Costa Rica now and I'm truly living my dream job in in paradise so uh, that's kind of what I'm doing who I am in a nutshell <laughs> and what sparked that initial desire to to make a shift to make a change for yourself was yeah. it a particular incident or was it like slowly gradually leading up to that 
Yeah, so I, um, I woke up at the age of 40, and I had this big party planned, uh, lots of friends, beautiful event, and I just I had this feeling that just I couldn't shake it all day. And, you know, I thought I should be happy, like I'm healthy, I'm alive, I've got beautiful friends, like what's going on? And, and later that night it hit me that that feeling was just disappointment. It was the realization that I wasn't where – I thought I would be at 40. Like, you know, in your head when you're growing up, 40 seems so far away. And for me, I always envisioned that by 40, I would be married with kids because I, I love, like, family. I want my own family. And I was single. Uh, can honestly say probably never really been in love. And uh, just lonely, really. And professionally, I was still in nightclubs, still in the restaurant business, and it's not what I really loved anymore. And I didn't even know what to do next. So professionally, I really felt stuck. And I've lived a very luxurious, flamboyant life and have been pretty irresponsible with my money. So no matter how much I made, I will have spent more than I made. So at 40, I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And, you know, the combination of being single and lonely, stuck in work, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, I was like, okay, Zark, you got to figure it out because this shit is not working. And, you know, that, that's when I had to just take a hard look at myself in the mirror and get real with myself and, and know that, okay, clearly what I've been doing isn't working. And I'm committed to figuring out what needs to shift, what's missing so I can live the life I truly want to live. And that, that was definitely the catalyst of the, the change for me. And now when I look back, I can see that the lifestyle I was living and a lot of things that I was doing, I was really doing to compensate for what was missing in my life. But I, I didn't really realize that until it's far enough away from it to look back. And I feel that a lot of people do that. They're not happy with their life. Certain circumstances, you know, aren't what they hoped it would be. And when they're feeling depressed, they jet off to Miami for the weekend or they go, you know, pop to Vegas or wherever they go to have fun and distract themselves from what's not working. That's how we deal with things when we don't want to take a look in the mirror, confront the reality and do the work. Mm -hmm. And I find even now the way things have been going, it's like people don't just go and take off to get away and escape. They, they'll go and do retreats with even psychedelics and stuff like that. But I mm -hmm. find a lot of people, I know a lot of people, I'm sure you do too, that go to these retreats, uh, you know, in other countries and whatnot. I find a lot of them come back and they don't really bring stuff back with them. They don't bring back some sort of intuition, something that they want to improve upon themselves. It's like they just take that and then they go back to their lives and then they'll wait another few months, go back to the retreat and do more drugs. So I find that we're sort of transitioning into this culture of, of doing the psychedelics, but not really fully benefiting from them, not really yeah. fully going deep into that inner work and that inner experience and trying to understand and break apart like what it is you need to do to start to fill that void that you've been having in your life. So did you notice that a lot with people that you talk to? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I have friends that lead ceremonies and, you know, being in Costa Rica, uh, plant medicine is, is pretty commonly known. And to your point that people are doing plant medicine, looking for that quick fix, they're looking for that solution that, you know, the fifth dimension is going to give them these answers that are going to help them deal with anxiety or deal with whatever traumas from the past. And even though that could be the case, if you are not already on your path of living uh, from a higher state of consciousness, if you're not meditating, if you're not present, if you're not doing the inner work, 
and you just do one of these ceremonies, you might get these massive downloads and you might get some really useful, valuable information, but you may not be able to integrate that information into your life. Like you might get the knowledge, but then you don't know, you don't have the structure or the tools to implement what you've learned. However, if you're already doing the work and you're already on your path and plant medicine is something you want to use to gain greater insight, then it could be useful and sustainable and productive in the long run. But as a quick fix to just, you know, deal with whatever it is that's not working in your life, it, it can actually be even, it could, it could backfire and it could be counterproductive because you can go on one of these plant medicine retreats and go on a ceremony with these things that you want to let go of and you could do the plant medicine and get nothing that's going to help you with that. So now you're like, Oh, what do I do now? I thought this was going to help. And now this didn't help. Or you get some information and you don't know how to integrate it. And now you're in a worse place because you know, you're not happy with your life. You know, there's something that could help, but you don't even know how to do the work. So then, uh, you know, I think if anything that puts you further back on your own path or journey. So, uh, I think plant medicine can be very helpful. Uh, you know, I've tried it a few times and got some real benefits from it. But you got to start doing the inner work before so that when you do it, it's something that uh, will elevate the experience, not give you that shortcut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think even just like a basic 5, 10, 15-minute daily meditation is going to give you, put you in a good spot anyways to, to then try plant medicines and psychedelics and whatnot. But I do see and know a lot of people that, just go for that quick fix and don't really integrate it. Kind of like what you were saying. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I also see that with the, with the vacationers, people that go away to, to escape their job, come back. And it's like, you, you're still in that job that's making you unhappy. So yeah. if you're not changing that circumstance, that situation, you're really, all you're doing is just going away for a little escape. So in your circumstance though, you were, you were still an entrepreneur. You weren't necessarily in like a, a nine to five cubicle situation, but you still felt that, that emptiness. Um, what do you think, what do you think that comes from? Because if you are sort of, um, I guess it's because you're externalizing so much and you're just, you're relying so much on your senses for either, you know, pleasure or just, you know, having fun, having a good time. So what do you think that, that really was causing that, that, that emptiness, that empty feeling after, after so many years? You know? Yeah. So, um, I can look back now and realize that I have never really been present I have never really been there in the moment to even enjoy the successes that I've had, even enjoy these beautiful vacations and some of these, you know, truly once in a lifetime experiences I've had. I have always been so, um, I've always been in pursuit of the next hit, the next high, the next event, the next accomplishment that I haven't really just enjoyed where I was at and when you can't enjoy where you're at just be present um, how can you really appreciate and have gratitude for what you've done so I find that you know I was just always chasing the next whatever it was to keep my identity um, <laughs> feeling fulfilled and it got to a point where it's like okay well I've done all the things that I wanted to do, you know, open restaurants and clubs and bars, traveled to over 50 countries, dated beautiful women, had luxury sports cars. Okay, well, now what? There's got to be something else to life. So the emptiness came from living a very shallow, superficial existence and also knowing that there was more to life than what I was currently living and 
not knowing how to break through, break free of that identity that I had created so that I could move on to things that would be more significant and meaningful to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is really about that identity, huh? Like it's like you, you put up a sign or a billboard and you stick all the things that you are on this billboard, but then you realize like, oh shit, this is just a billboard that I've created. Like it doesn't really have any solid validity and any, anything that's real or truthful, you know, it's just like this thing that's been constructed and built up. So it's uh, it is really interesting. It's, it's easy to get caught in that, that, that ego thing yeah. as well. So what, um, what, what's the biggest shift or change you've noticed since moving, since kind of taking yourself out of all that and mm -hmm. then immersing yourself into, um, I guess I'm more of a harmonious environment, more conducive with like being happy, I suppose. Or do you feel more happy yeah. in your environment? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one of the biggest shifts what I've discovered is just how easy it is to be happy, how easy it is to be free and time is really abundant it's when we dis when we remove these distractions when we remove all these self-imposed expectations and commitments that we cram our day with uh we no longer have to feel like we're living up to some expectation that we you know as i referenced before always feeling like i had somewhere to go somewhere to be somewhere to you know someone to show up as when I let go of all of that, I could just be myself. And in just being myself, uh, I could just be happy regardless of my circumstances or what people think because it's like, man, eh, whatever. I'm not attached to what people, you know, may think, uh, may think of me. And also, when removing all those distractions and all the things that used to eat up so much of my time, you wake up and realize, wow, I have, like, 16 hours to do whatever I want with. So, you know, change of lifestyle, I'm sure you could relate to this. Moving from the city to Ajax, you're, you're now in an environment where you don't have to deal with all the distractions and chaos of downtown Toronto living. And that's why sometimes people say, oh, I, you know, I wish I could do what you did. You know, I tell them, you can. You can totally do what I did. You don't necessarily need to run off to the jungle to change your life. But at any point in time, you can change your circumstances. You don't have to be living in a one-bedroom condo paying $2,500 in the heart of Toronto, dealing with traffic and noise and chaos. That's the choice that you make to live there. You can move 20 minutes outside the city, be closer to nature, pay half the rent, and have that peace and quiet to do the things that you really want to do for yourself. But again, it comes down to the expectations that we put on ourselves or the expectations we think that other people have of us. So we need to live into that role. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, we're not successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I initially reached out to you because uh, actually we have a mutual friend, uh, Taylor. Um, he's, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a Mr. Instagram model. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I reached out to you because I saw that he was following you and you guys are commenting or something. I was like, oh shit, sorry. Like, and I remember I I was one of those guys that would be in the clubs, the booth, the bottles, and like you know doing the party thing. But when I grew up, I was I grew up in Scarborough. I didn't really have any money, like like zero money. So yeah, you know, I started my first business when I was about fifteen years old, fourteen years old. It's a like a digital media agency, and then I moved into the city with the expectation, like with thinking that I had to be in the city, I had to get right in the core, and I had to throw on the suit. I'd wake up every day at 9 a.m., throw on my suit and tie. Like, I don't really wear suits and ties anymore. I have a whole yeah. bunch of nice suits, but I don't wear them. Like, I just yeah. don't want to. 
And I used to throw that on thinking I had to go and be this type of professional individual. Uh, so I moved all throughout the city and whatnot. And I was doing the whole club thing, but I, I felt that same emptiness, that same like depression and like just drinking Monday to Friday sort of thing. And even drinking midday sometimes, like thinking that it's justified if I'm in a boardroom meeting that it's okay to get wasted yeah. because of closing deals. So it's like, no, that's not like healthy. You know, it's not mentally healthy. It's not physically healthy. So I actually ended up selling my first agency while I was in the city. And then uh, I moved into the tip top building, stayed there for a while. But it was after kind of coming to that realization myself that you just alluded to of like, I don't need to be here. Like this, this chaos, all these people, like it's all energy. And it's it kind of, I felt like it was sapping me. So I just said, you know what, let's just scoot on over like half an hour outside of the city, get more immersed in nature. Uh, Ajax was, I, I liked actually the reason why it was a bit chaotic earlier trying to schedule this because I have showings right now because I'm selling this house. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm looking to even go further because there's too many people here now. Um, so uh, like, I'm really, I haven't gone to the extreme of what you've done. Maybe yeah. at some point I will. Uh, but right now, I'm just looking maybe for like Prince Edward County or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, great area. Cool, great you know? area. Um, and, and I think it's, it's completely, it took me a few years to, to make that mental switch from like, oh, no, I need to be in the core. I need to be grinding nine to five and drinking and partying to no, I don't. Now, like the way things have gone digitally, it's like I just run everything online. Like I have a team that does everything. And I just oversee them through my phone and shit. And I don't really need to be immersed in all the chaos. So... I just felt very connected with you in that sense, especially because I remember seeing you in some of the clubs and being like, I actually used to go and hang out with um, Ashraf. If you're, if you're, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're still connected on social media, but I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in probably five or six months. Okay, yeah, I used to. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I remember this the whole club scene. It's, it's, it's very crazy. So, do you have a a meditative practice that you? employ either you know daily weekly even if it's something as basic as waking up and doing a morning walk i hear a lot of people doing that yeah so um living in costa rica not having anywhere to rush off to in the mornings. uh well even before i left i, I began uh, a meditation practice and it's something i've been doing uh for years off and on but the last year and a half i've been pretty consistent with it so normally it's a 15 to 20 minute meditation uh pretty much i get up you know wash face, brush my teeth, do my meditation. Sometimes it's a guided meditation. Uh, right now I'm taking an eight-week course uh, called Future Self uh, Incubator, and there's a guided meditation that's part of the course. So I'm doing that right now. Otherwise, uh, I will listen to either Brain FM or uh, do a guided meditation. I had uh, the Muse headband for a while until my dog thought it was a chew toy. Don't do that anymore. Um, I listen to some of Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations. I think his are really great. So I kind of mix it up. And um, also depending on what I'm creating in my life, where I'm at, uh, if it's you know meditation where I want to move energy to manifest something, if it's uh, meditation to just recharge and uh, rejuvenate myself, you know, there's different... Um, modality different uh, formats and uh, then I'll do some journaling um, I used to use a five-minute journal uh, but now I, I write a bit more in my journal practice so uh, often when I'm meditating a lot of different thoughts will come up it can often be a very creative time and you know I try to let those thoughts just float by and then I'll journal after and I find that some of those thoughts come up and just flow out of me onto um, onto the paper uh, and then I'll take my dog to the beach so uh, we'll normally go for about an hour, hour and a half. 
Uh, I listen to audiobooks on the beach, and uh, I'll bring my notepad and paper. At any time there's some, uh, a great quote, a great lesson, I'll write that down, I'll reference it, I'll go back to it. Um, yeah, and then just usually I don't turn on, turn on my phone or check email for about the first hour and a half uh, to two hours of my day, unless it's something I'm, uh, I'm waiting for a message for someone, but sometimes I'll check it, take a look, put it down, and then I'll actually... Um, you know, just stay off my technology for as long as I can in the morning. And then after I've done that practice, then, then I start my day. Obviously, I understand most people don't have the luxury of spending the first two hours of every morning um, yoga, meditation, and journaling. But I do suggest to all my guests on the live experience when they, when they join me is don't let the first thing you do in the morning is turn on your phone and check your emails because First off, your eyes are barely awake and you're staring at the screen. And when you're getting emails, it's not someone emailing saying, Hey, Adam, how are you doing today? Just want to say hello, buddy. Have a great day. It's like, Hey, where's that spreadsheet? Where are those deliverables? We need this. We need that. We need that. like the emails and texts and messages that are coming in. These are people who are demanding stuff of you. So before your brain has even woken up, before your eyes have even really cleared and you still got dirt in them and you have you brushed your teeth, you're like, your time is being sucked out for other people's needs. That's not a good way to wake up. You're waking up and you're starting your day in fight or flight mode. So, you know, for anybody watching this, if there's one thing you could do, give yourself at least half an hour without your technology. You know, give yourself a half hour to wake up, do some morning stretches, do a quick meditation, take your dog for a walk, even just stand in the shower. Let the water hit you. Just feel the water, feel what a shower feels like because half the time, you know, most of the time when I talk about not being present before, I'd be in the shower, I'm getting ready, but I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to, you know, I'm not even just enjoying the moment of being in a shower and sometimes just being there with the water hitting you is that five or 10 minutes where you can just let your thoughts flow freely and you will be amazed at what incredible thoughts, what amazing creativity can come up when you just let your mind flow free without your damn phone in your face. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very solid advice. And uh, I, I love that you mentioned the shower. That's one of actually, that's one of my morning ritual routines is I wake yeah. up, get in the shower, I have a pretty big stand up, uh, and I'll do like yoga stretches in there, or I'll do oh, yeah. right. uh, meditations. And usually it's like head down, bowed down completely, allowing the rain to fall over me. And I've even gone as far about I've, take, I've taken psychedelics and gone into that same oh, shower. Cool. Yeah. And, um, I've, I've, I've done ma magic mushrooms, went into that same shower. The water turned into just, I can only describe it as pure love and energy coming mm, from yeah. infinite source flowing down onto me as, yeah. I, as I'm doing the meditation. And uh, that was insane. And then while I was not on psychedelics, I've had, after 15 minutes, I had a very transformative experience where I felt like uh, I was greeting my, I don't like to use the word higher self, but I was greeting my higher, like my inner essence. And I was doing so by, by everything turned black. I was like head down, eyes closed, water coming on me, everything turned black. I, I walked through a doorway or what seemed to be a doorway. And then I was just met with this like radiant light that like, like sunshine light that was just pure love. And it just evaporated, disintegrated, like Thanos style, disintegrated everything that I was. Wow. Left was like just my beating heart there. And this mm. was completely like sober, but this was about 15 minutes of just head down trying the, the meditation. And when I do that practice, it's like I just 
Anything that comes up, whether it's a thought, whether it's an edge, just constantly surrender it, release it, surrender it, just gone, mm -hmm. gone, gone, gone. Let everything die until I'm like basically dying dead. And, and that's like the death of my ego. I've had that experience a couple times in the shower, and I think water is really, really uh, part of that whole process because it's just this natural state that you're in when you're in that shower. Actually, I think Einstein even used to come up with amazing, you know, thoughts and intuitions while in the shower. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And it seems like you put yeah. a lot of effort now into your day from the start of the day, like right when you get up in the morning, it sounds like you, like you've got it set, you know, it's really good. So what were you doing when you were in like the club scene, the chaotic stuff? Like if you were to compare that morning to your current morning, what were you doing back then that was so different? Yeah. So, um, from the time I got up to the time I went to bed, I was just constantly grinding and working and just on a schedule just um i didn't take time for myself i didn't take time to just be present be still just appreciate what's happening because you know i at one point you know we owned uh probably six or seven companies at, at, at the same time and i was actively involved with most of them not necessarily on day-to-day -day basis but there's you know, being an entrepreneur yourself, you know, there's always something going on with one of the businesses. And, you know, when you're the owner, founder of a business, you know, people call you to deal with problems, deal with issues like, you know, you, you, that's your role really to keep things on track. So when you've got that role to play for five or six different companies, that's all I was doing all day long. And it was, uh, I, I wasn't doing what I love, which is, creating which is connecting with other people um and you know that's probably the biggest difference where what what i was doing before was you know we were creating experiences and running these establishments and operations for people to come out and have a good time uh, and you know the 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 paradox that uh, i like to illustrate you know i've provided experiences for people to get drunk possibly get high get laid get their ego fed to make themselves feel better about who they didn't think they were to numb their pain uh, with distraction. And now I provide experiences where people show up ready to do the work, ready to look in the mirror and ready to take on whatever, whatever it is they're dealing with in a clean, healthy, sober environment. That's really the uh, contrast of what I was doing before and what I'm doing now. And by no means am I knocking the entertainment or hospitality industry. Obviously, I love it. It's been very good to me. It serves the purpose. I love going out. I mean, I'm not a big drinker, but I love, you know, social dynamics of some of these restaurants here in Toronto. Like my partners own some wonderful, very successful places that I enjoy. However, I've seen the evolution of Toronto nightlife and our restaurant dining scene. And people used to go out to dance and let loose and have fun and talk to one another, connect, you know, now you go out, everybody's on their phone, it's selfies or it's Instagram, it's people really aren't connecting as much anymore. And people really don't even dance as much anymore, you know, so I, I question what the intention is of people that are really going out to the clubs and bars these days. Obviously, they crave social interaction. But what is the quality of those social interactions when they're on their phone the majority of the time, you know, um, so Anyways, it's, it's, it's a very different um, scene, and uh, I'm starting to sound like that old guy. Well, back in the day when, you know, I used to go to government, <laughs> you know, but, but things have changed, you know. So, 
yeah, I, uh, you know, the biggest difference between what I was doing before and what I'm doing now is uh, really I'm helping people transform their lives. I'm helping people deal with whatever it is that they've got buried that's, you know, um, limiting them from being who they want to be and creating what they want for their life. And, and I'm, I'm helping them realize that anything for their life is possible and sharing my journey with them um, so that they could see, like, hey, if I did it, <laughs> you could totally do it. Just, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but it's, it's all going to be really worth it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. You're giving people more fulfillment, it seems, really, right? Like oh, absolutely. You're, you're, you're giving them a little bit something more. You're giving them much more value, I'd say, this way. And I was actually listening yeah. Do you think it'd be possible if there could be a club or a restaurant where it's like everyone drop off your phone securely or whatever it is at the front entrance? Mm. That way you go in and you're actually having a human social experience. Yeah, I, I think there's a restaurant here in Toronto that does. I think it's called Sarah. I think it's owned by, uh, I know Sarah's owned by the food dude guys. And I've heard that they don't allow cell phones in the restaurant. Now, I, I could be wrong. I don't know if they've changed that or not. Uh, but I've actually been to a party. Um, I went to the weekend album release party about three years ago, and everybody had to check their phone in at the door. It was at the Addison. So when you got there, you checked your phone in. And what was amazing was people were talking to each other. It was like an old school party where people were like talking to one another. They were engaging. And it was just such a cool vibe. And I believe, you know, beyond the fact that it was a weekend doing a private party, I believe it was because people had to talk to one another. So um, that's, that's something I implement on my trips, like no technology at the table. It's like if you got to make a call, check an email, you got to get up and leave the table because when we're at the table, we are respecting one another's presence and we are communicating um, because we want to be there. So I would love to see that. I would love to see a no cell phone in restaurant um, concept one day I think that'd be great yeah I think it's a neat idea so right yeah. now if you get let's say 10 people 15 people show up what exactly do you take them through on all your experiences mm, okay yes yeah. so um, actually next weekend I have an eight, 18 person group coming to Muskoka which is larger than I had anticipated but I'm gonna make it work so um, a live the live experience is basically built on the four pillars of personal development connection wellness and adventure uh, so with the personal development component i have different coaches speakers facilitators leading workshops uh, as well as myself um, you know interactive conversational style workshops about finding your purpose pursuing your passion um, changing you know habits uh, developing a new morning routine like useful information that regardless if you're single married divorced a parent, not parent, uh, entrepreneur or employee, this is information that will be valuable and applicable to your life regardless of where you're at. Um, the wellness program is yoga, meditation, group workouts, healthy eating. It's about introducing a sustainable way for people to train and develop a healthy, uh, mindful practice that when they go back to wherever they're from, they can they can maintain that on their own. Like even our work workouts are TRXs and rubber bands. So you can buy TRX for, you know, 60 bucks and rubber bands. You can do the same workout at home that you can continue that routine when you're back. The adventure component, you know, it's the adventure element, one, because I love doing fun, exciting stuff, but the adventure element is to push people past their mental and physical boundaries. Like I've had guests come or say, you know, I'd love to join your trip, but I've got a fear of heights. And I'm like, Perfect. 
you got to fear heights, we're going to take that on. And I've seen people zip line who never in life thought they could, and they've done it. And on the other platform, they are jumping up and down like they won the lottery. And I kid you not, one of the women who conquered a fear of heights went home from that trip and quit the job that she had been dreading for the last two years because she just felt like, you know what, if I did that, I could do anything. Uh, so, you know, the adventure element is to show people that their mind is stronger than their fear. And, uh, and that can be completely transformative in itself. And I keep my groups limited to 12 to 16, although next week will be 18, because I want to create a safe, intimate container where people could show up and they could say what's on their mind. They could share whatever deep, dark, traumas and situations they got going on and it's within a group that they can trust that they feel comfortable with and so that there's that one-to-one -one interaction engagement and support uh i'm not interested in doing 40 50 person retreats because i host these retreats myself and i want it to be intimate and i want the connections to be deep so um you know a typical trip looks like uh, yoga meditation workouts pretty much every day of the trip I rent a really beautiful uh, private home, so really nice villas. The accommodations are, are five-star luxury, whatever you want to call it. We have a private chef who does all healthy meals made from fresh organic produce. So if you're a vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian or whatever carrying you are, we can cook uh, healthy food for you. Uh, we do different tours and excursions. Um, so depending on what country we're in, uh, like planning our trip for Bali right now in November, we're going to hit some of the more common tour sites, but then I've also got some of the local off the beaten path type experiences set up for them as well. So you can get a true cultural experience. Um, deep conversations. Uh, I, I inject some uh, powerful questions into our dinner conversations to get people to really open up and share. Uh, the workshops get pretty deep as well. One of the workshops we do with uh, finding your purpose, um, we write our own obituaries. And that one really rocks people. So we get pretty deep on that level. Um, and yeah, the, you know, the connections that comes between the group is probably one of the most beautiful parts about what we do is I got, you know, 12 people who show up as strangers. And sometimes I look at this motley crew and I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. And by the end of the week, they're hugging each other like family. They are like, they stay more connected, you know, after the trip, like the way these relationships develop after is, truly one of um, the most beautiful things about uh, hosting experiences like this. So that's kind of a snapshot of, uh, of what the trips include. Um, yeah, so mm -hmm. hope that explains uh, it. Actually, <laughs> some of my, my follow-up questions there was, how are things after they get back? Like, do you keep in touch and whatnot? But then you kind of answered yeah. one woman completely shifted her life, changed her job, yeah. all sorts of transformative stuff. That's really cool. Um, what type of person is typically going to these, like age-wise and uh, professional? Yeah. Is it all over the place? or? Yeah, so there's definitely a range. Uh, it, it, I've had people as young as 23 on the trip and as old as, you know, I have some people come on the Bali trip who are in their 50s. And it's usually an equal amount of male, female, of various professions. Some are employees. One was a graduating student looking for their next career, uh, to CEO of hedge fund companies. Uh, so it's really a mix 
I would say that predominantly most of them are entrepreneurs or they are uh, self-employed or they're at a high level in their company where they can, you know, um, take off for a week to 10 days. The, the, the common denominator between all of these people is they are all asking themselves the question, what's next? They're all looking for clarity on what their next move is in life. So some people, as I mentioned, you know, have just finished school. And do I go with the family business or do I go on my own path? You know, some people are coming um, just after ending a marriage and they're single for the first time in 20 years and they don't know what that's going to look like. Um, you know, one of uh, my guests from the last trip, he said to me, Zark, I'm uh, 37, wealthy, divorced, two beautiful kids, and I'm looking for what's next in life. And and he was looking for clarity. He was looking to find his purpose and what it is that he wants to do with the next 40, 50 years of his life. And I can say that any of my guests who come, they discover the answer. They figure out what's missing on the trip. And it's not always myself or the coaches that help them discover that. We play a part, but often just taking a break from the grind, from, this, from their normal life and responsibilities and and being in nature standing in the ocean or just walking through the jungle and and those thoughts start to bubble up the answers start you know coming to the surface and we provide the space and the opportunity for them to get connected themselves and really discover what it is they want and then because we're there to support them and coach them and help them through the process that we're able to get them to really get clear on what they want and then help them develop a structure so that when they get back home, they can start taking action on what it is that they want to create. Mm -hmm. I get a sense that you're, that you've almost, this is like a mission for you at this point. Would that be fair <laughs> to say? Like, it's almost like you're like, it seems like you're very passionate. Yeah. 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 I definitely am. And you know, the underlying intention of why I am committing myself to this life work and why I feel it's truly my purpose is there are a lot of things happening on our planet right now that I'm not okay with, that I'm sure you're not okay with, that I'm sure most people out there are not okay with the amount of plastic in the ocean, with what's happening in third world countries, what's happening to our climate. There's a lot of really crazy shit that's happening, even mental health, depression, suicide rates. And I believe that we cannot help other people until we help ourselves. And yeah, as Gandhi says, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, nothing in the world is going to change until you start changing yourself. So when you can take that hard look in the mirror and commit to doing the work to elevate your existence to to that next level where you are feeling whole and complete when you are in a state where it's like you're good you're confident you're happy you're excited about life again you can now take that energy that vibration that intention and go and help other people but when you're dealing with depression or some mental health issues or the people around you your loved ones your family they're not in a good place it's, it's, it's hard to get motivated and be excited or even have the resources to go out there and help others and make a change in this world 
when we haven't even been able to change ourselves yet. So that's why, you know, the Alive experience, what I'm creating is an opportunity for people to get reconnected to themselves so they can transform their lives so that they're a better, stronger, more powerful version of themselves so they can go out in the world and start helping make a difference because we can't do this on our own. We need, we need every human to you know, wake up, live a more conscious life and start treating this planet and one another and ourselves in a better way. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mission. You know? Yeah. It's very clear to me. It's very clear to me. That actually one of the reasons I have this podcast and hold these conversations with people is because I find this is one of those mediums that's it's blowing up so much because people are feeling so disconnected and so like disconcerted about like where where what's next kind of thing like what you were saying. And it's yeah. like when you, when you have these conversations and when you have someone so open as, as, as you're being and expressing yourself, I find people really connect with that and then they can kind of relate to it and then even take small steps and they're not like maybe tomorrow someone's going to go and do a 15 minute meditation or, you know, go walk in nature or, you know, they won't check their phone for that first 30 minutes of the day. Yeah. And it only really takes that, that little bit of a change that you go, Oh, for sure. I feel better today. Like, yeah. I didn't check that, you know, I, I'm feeling really good. You know, there's a, actually, I was, I don't know who quoted it recently, but they're saying like meditate for one week for 20 minutes a, a day and watch mm -hmm. your life change because yeah. it really does not take that long to, to make that mm -hmm. shift. And, and then as long as you're intuitive to it, as long as you see those synchronicities and you can pick up on them and go, Oh, that's the sign that I'm on the right path. You know, yeah. I, I think that what you're doing is really helping people get on that path or at least show them where the path is or show them different paths and then they can, you know, hop on it and start to go down that route. Cause it is, it's a lot like navigating a big ship. You know, you just need to make a slight course change and totally. build such massive exponential results down the road for that individual. But I think a lot of people just, they only see that down the road. They don't realize you have to make that little adjustment here and then it leads to that, you know? So, um, yeah, it's really, really cool what you're doing. And that's, that's really why I wanted to speak to you and, and cover yeah, thank you. Stuff. Um, I don't actually have too many other questions, but I think we've covered quite a bit okay. here. We're coming up on almost an hour, but did you have any other closing thoughts you wanted to share for anyone that's listening? I'm also going to include all links, information in the description of this video and on iTunes and everything, but anything. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, so thank you. So, um, you know, for me, it took waking up at 40 and not being satisfied with my circumstances in order for me to commit to making the changes. And there are people who are going to watch this podcast and some of what I'm saying is going to resonate with them. And if you're not happy with your circumstances, whether it be your career, whether it be your partner, whether it be your health, don't wait until you turn 40 or 50 or 60 to do something about it. If you really want to transform your life, your, your life could be completely different within six months to a year from now if you're really committed to doing the work. And it all comes down to how bad you want it. If you want to lose 20 pounds, if you want to travel through Europe, if you want to start a new career, it is all possible. If there's one thing I've learned in this last year, you know, I lost a million dollars when I closed Blowfish. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go all in on this company, going to give it 100%, and I'm going to figure it out. 
And I kid you not, within seven months, I have investors who are already lined up to buy the property with me to build the live center that I want. If you want to make the change, go all in on it. Just believe that it's going to happen. Do the work. Stay committed. And you'll be amazed at what the universe will give to you. There's a quote that I love that goes, the universe favors the bold. And it's true. Just if there's something you want to do, if there's something you want to shift in your life, do it. Make it happen. I promise you, you will not regret it. I am the living, breathing proof that you can lose a million dollars, move to the jungle, start all over again, and be happier than ever before. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great note to leave off on. So thank you very much for yeah. taking this time. I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. And uh, now you're, how long are you in the city for? Uh, I'll be here probably till about mid-August. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll give you a shout if I'm like running through and uh, get to Yeah, you. please do. I'll like that. That'd be cool. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Again, I appreciate awesome, it. Awesome, man. Yeah, thank appreciate you. It. And uh, talk soon. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah.